it was, I think, two years ago, and uh, the boys and I went down to a conference, and we were able to go over and be at uh, Comanche for the first time at Zach and, and Tiffany's church there, and his dad's the pastor. What a wonderful man of God he is. Just a blessing, just 24 karat gold. But we just fell in love with those folks and been friends ever since, and I'm grateful tonight that they were able to be here with us. So I want you to give Zach a a new life welcome church. Amen. Would you come? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. Thank you. Amen. Excited to be here tonight. Uh, thank you. It's an honor, actually, to be here. Um, I, I've been excited to come and looking forward to it. You uh, have amazing pastors at this church. And um, I, I tell you what a blessing they are. When they came a couple of years ago, I've known Jonathan for a long time. Um, my wife grew up in Living Waters in Chino, and so we went, were at the camp meetings, and I moved there in 2003 and um, worked in the youth there and all that. But I just remember camp meetings when Jonathan would come and lead worship, and they would put me on the drums because nobody was there in the morning, and I would be off, and Jonathan would just stare at me like, bro, get it together, you know what I mean, like, what's wrong with you, who are you, you know what I mean, but uh, no, it's, <laughs> I've loved him for so long, and uh, what a blessing, but I'm telling you, a couple years ago, they came to Comanche, uh, if you wonder where it's at, you know, most people do, uh, even in Texas, they don't know where Comanche is, it's in the middle of nowhere, Texas, um, and I always ask my dad, I'm like, dad, why wouldn't God call you somewhere where there's a beach, you know what I mean, like, where there's people and things, you know, but uh, we're grateful. We really are. It, it, uh, God called us there in 2007 uh, to go and to preach, and so we're, we're there. I have four kids. Uh, you know, my oldest is a, is a freshman, going to be a sophomore, and um, then we have our two little girls um, that we've adopted. They're here with us tonight, and um, they're a blessing to us in our life and, and our son that's in fourth grade. But we're grateful to be here with you tonight, and I'm excited. I, I love this church. I felt at home when we walked in, just the way that you guys welcome us with love. Um, it just feels like home, you know, and uh, I'm grateful. So uh, I'm excited, and, and it's a privilege to be here tonight. Uh, but tonight I'm going to dive right in. If you'll just uh, um, pray with me, I'm just going to open in prayer, and uh, we're just going to pray together. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that there is life. Your presence is in this house tonight. Thank you for this church and the light that it is in this community. And uh, I'm just grateful, God, that we get to be a part tonight. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would speak the word tonight, not me. I don't want to say anything, God, but I want you to say it all. And I just say thank you for it. We praise your name, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to dive into this and, and, and bear with me. I, I You know, you never know. I, it's... It's exciting every time you get to preach because you never know what the Holy Ghost is going to do and say, you know. Uh, but tonight I, I felt like God's given me this message a long time ago, and, uh, and, and I'm excited about it. And God's been doing a lot in my own life and, and revealing himself. But uh, in the scripture tonight, I want to read with you um, tonight in Second um, Corinthians. Uh, we're going to start there in chapter 12. We're going to read a few things here. But in chapter 12... And we know the scripture very well in verse 9. But it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Right? You all know that scripture, I'm sure. You've heard that scripture before. It's been said that my grace is sufficient for thee. A lot of times we look to that when we're going through difficulty, when we're going through hard times and struggles. We're like, yes, God, I know that your grace right, is sufficient for me. But I want to focus on the part that says my strength is made perfect in weakness. That most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I grew up in church. I grew up in Pentecost my entire life. And I'm going to tell you that it's easy for us as a church body to come to a place where we become religious. I like what Pastor said a while ago. This ain't about religion. It's not about all these uh, types of things. It is about a relationship with Christ, right? But we get good at it, and I got good at it personally, uh, hiding my weakness, Hiding weaknesses. See, when you, go, you start going to church, especially when you get involved in ministry, especially when you start to have a title, especially when you've been doing it a long time, playing an instrument, being an usher, you don't ever want to look weak. Now, even in the world, nobody wants to look weak. Nobody says, oh, man, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. No, everybody's like, man, I'm the best at this. I'm the best at this. You listen to secular music, they'll tell you how good they are. They're the best at everything. They're the greatest at everything, right? You go in a locker room, on a football field, on a basketball court, oh, I'm the greatest. If only they knew the NBA knew how good I was, I'd be there. You know what I mean? That's just the way the world is. Nobody is focused on the weakness, but we do it in church. We do it in church to where we, we know how to act religious. We know how to say what we need to in front of pastor. We know how to say and talk and worship and jump and shout in the front. And all inside, we're broken, covering it up. Broken and covering it up. Now, I'm going to tell you something, man. I don't like fake. I don't like, nobody likes fake. Nobody likes fake shoes. Nobody likes a fake coach purse. It's got a K on it instead of a C. But you can go to L.A. and get anything you want. Most of the time, it's fake. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, take it back to Comanche. They don't know any better out there anyway, so it's okay. But I'm going to tell you, I've come to the realization recently that I have to be real with God. See, he said in the end times, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. But it's going to be on those that are seeking to be filled with the Holy Ghost that want that upper room experience. But I'm going to tell you, as somebody that wants to be real, I don't want to go to church just to go to church. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to just take up another seat. I want to know God in a way that I've never known Him before. But you're never going to know a real God unless you're real with God. You've got to be transparent with God and say, God, I'm weak here. He says, in my weakness, I am strong. And I boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How in the world will we ever be strong as a church if we never admit that we have weakness? I'm going to tell you right now, we do such a good job of of putting on shows in our world of church today. You know this. I know this. There's a remnant out there. And there's a young people. I'm going to tell you, there's young people that we focus on a lot of times, I'm a youth pastor, there are young people that are desiring a real God, not a religious phony God, where people come in, act one way, and then go out and live just like the world, hate just like the world, treat everybody else just like the world. But I'm telling you right now, man, we have to understand, God, what is it that you're revealing in me? 
2 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to read this to you. Paul says this, Examine yourselves in verse 5 to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As, you're te- as you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic sincerity. He's saying, examine yourselves. You know one of the hardest things to do when you have pride in your life is to examine yourself. I know this from experience because I never want to be weak, and it's almost like I can't be. I can't admit to anybody that I'm struggling. I can't even say it out loud to my spouse that there's a struggle here. There's a problem here. There's a brokenness. I have a pastor title. So many people look up to me. My children look up to me. So many things. But I'm telling you, when I begin to evaluate and self-examine and the pride begins to drop when I look at myself compared to Jesus and He loves me anyway, but I say, God, I'm broken. I need help, God. I need help. I need Your strength. I'm weak. And He can take Your brokenness and Your weakness and the worst thing about You and He can bring strength where that is and lift You up and You can have a testimony of victory in Your life. That is what God wants in us. But how in the world will we ever have that unless we admit to ourselves and to God that there's weakness there? We can't mask the weakness anymore. We can't hide the weakness as the church because He's coming for a real church. And I'm telling you, you've got a real church here. You've got a real church. You feel the presence of God here. Why? Because you've got pastors that have been through it. They've walked through it. They know it all. Nothing surprises them. Let me tell you right now. But I'm gonna, it's one of those things, it's interesting because I was talking, I talked to so many different friends and pastors. It's just almost like, man, you can't be completely real sometimes at church because of judgment, because of the way people uh, look at you or whatever. But what's funny is that that is a lie from Satan when you're in a real church like you are. Because your pastors, no matter what you do, battle, go through, they're going to love you to the altar, to victory. They're going to pray you through in this place. But the devil convinces the church that we can't say these things out loud and that I have to hide it and never admit that I have weakness and then I never break through and I just become another religious churchgoer sitting on a pew never used by God because you never step out in faith and obey God because you always hold on and say, I can't be used by God. I'm still holding on to this. I can't go there. I'm still holding on to this. God says, teach this class. I can't because I'm still broken here. Well, tell somebody. Pray it through. Know that God is with you and for you. He's not against you. But what happens is when we begin to hide and mask the weakness and we never admit it, we become prideful people. We become arrogant church members judging everybody that walks through the door. We forget what God has done in our own life. I'm telling you, man. One of the things that shook me a couple of years ago, I read this book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I didn't even know he wrote books. I'm not a book reader, really. Sorry. Uh, I'm a more watch the movie kind of guy, you know. (laughs) but he has a chapter called the great sin and it's about pride and it's about pride in church church people I'm telling you what nothing's ever convicted me like that except Clendenin camp meetings those those will convict you too 
But C.S. Lewis said the complete anti-God state of mind is pride. And we as a church, I'm telling you, it's hard to admit, and you will not admit weakness when you have pride. Because you see through a filter of pride. But then you see people through a filter of pride. You see church service through a filter of pride. You see everything through a filter of pride. And people are not changed and touched and delivered and set free. Because you have to humble yourself before God and say, God, I'm weak here. Because when you admit that weakness, He comes in and makes you strong in that place. And that's when people get free. That's when people say, hey, there's something different here about this. I know that I'm struggling with this. I know there's a battle here. And I know that I'm going to pray through. You know, in 2 Timothy 3, 5, he says, they're having a form of godliness, but lack the power thereof. Uh, let me, I want to read this real quick. I think it's important. But in James chapter 5, I just told you that scripture. But I, I like what this, this uh, New Living Translation, how, it, how he puts it in this particular verse. In verse 16, he says this in chapter 5. He says, uh, hang on just one second. I, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, my fault. I'm getting ahead of myself here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. I want to read that. Got it marked. Here it is. It says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So what's interesting is that it says here that in 2 Corinthians that my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then he said, well, I'd rather glory in my infirmities, my weaknesses, that the power of Christ might rest upon me. And this one says, they will act religious but reject the power that gives them the victory in their life. They reject it. Why? Because they're not willing to admit that there's weakness in their own life. What's incredible about coming to church is I'll be the first one to tell you I need to be at church every time the doors are open. And I had come to a place as a pastor where I felt like the only reason I was going to church was to minister to some poor broken soul. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's going to be poor broken souls there and I need to be there so I can show them how it's supposed to be. Right? And I, I'm, I'm being transparent, so you can judge me all you want. It's all right. Then you can pray at the altar afterwards. It's fine. But I'm just being real with you that the, that the reality of it is I had come to a place where I felt like almost like I had made it. You know, and, and if we're not careful, uh, God will humble us very quickly. Very quickly. Remind us that, wait a minute, I've got all these things here, son, that uh, you got to work on. And in reality, when it hits it, you're like, oh my goodness, God, please forgive me. I need this. And now I understand. I go to church, to prayer meeting. I go wherever I'm going. God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to minister because I'm broken, God. I'm still broken and I need you to fix me. Every time I walk through the doors, I want to be in your presence, God, because I need you. I want you, God. I want to be real. I don't want to be fake. I want to be real. I want to know God. I want to know that if there's somebody there, if there's something going on, there's a brother, there's a sister I can go to that they can pray. Pray for me and uplift me, encourage me, and I know that I can make it. But I'm going to tell you, if you try to do it and hide it on your own, it's a bad thing there. You try to mask that weakness, you try to hide it and be fake, it's never going to work. Never going to be effective for the kingdom of God, and it may take you completely out. You've seen people in church your entire life, I'm sure, that you, they were there one day, ushering one day, singing one day, the next day they're out in the world, gone, and you're like, what happened? It didn't just happen one night. Right. 
It didn't just happen one time. It was step by step, holding and masking things, hiding things. And a lot of times it's because we feel that we can't say anything at church about certain things. And so we just hold it and hide it. And we get weaker and weaker. And the pride gets higher and higher until the devil has us in his trap. And we don't feel like we can get out. And then we're out of the church. It's a dangerous trap. Pride takes us to that place. But church, we got to be the real church. we got to be the real church. That means when you're struggling in an area, the Bible says, James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. I heard when I was a young kid, a teenager, I heard a preacher come. I don't remember. If I did remember, I wouldn't tell you his name. But he said, confess your faults one to another. He was reading it in passing. And he said, but you know, don't be telling everybody everything because nobody wants to hear that. And, you know, God can forgive you, but it's hard for me to. And I just remember thinking, whew, I guess there's just certain things that I can't talk about at church. Certain things that I can't say. Certain things that I can't do. And as a teenager, battling with lust and all the types of things that you battle with as a teenager, you can't talk about that at church. But I'm going to tell you something since I said that right now. All the men in the house, I'm going to tell you, I can only speak from a man's perspective. Sorry, ladies, but... A man's perspective, if you're battling lust, you need to talk to a brother of, that's a man of God and you need to have an accountability in your life that you can overcome. If you're battling pornography, he can make you free. But you got to want to be free. You have to admit with your mouth, I have a problem and I need help. I'm weak in this area, God. I need you to make me strong. I'm battling with lust and it's taking me a direction on social media, on all this internet, everything I got, and I'm hiding it. And I'm trying to get help from God, but it's not working. No, you need to find your pastor. You need to find a man of God in your life that is filled with the Holy Ghost that will pray you through having accountability in your life God will make you strong and you'll be able to teach people about being free we have marriage pastors in our in our church right now that battled through all types of hell in their marriage almost falling apart and now they teach marriage see when you admit that there's weakness and there's accountability there and you say, I need help. It don't matter your title. It don't matter your ministry. It don't matter all that. What matters is, are you right with God? Do you know Jesus? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? That's what matters. Everything else will work itself out. But I've done it myself. I'm so concerned about my ministry, my church, my group. I can't struggle, God. I can't battle this. I can't do this. And then when I confessed, He brought healing. Did it hurt when I confessed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Because it's humbling to say it out loud. God, I should know better than this. I've been serving you all my life. I should know better than this, God. But I'm struggling, God, and I need help. And when I call out, I say it. Confess my faults one to another. Yes, you've got to have wisdom. You don't get up to the pulpit and say it all to everybody. But you've got to confess it out of your mouth so there's accountability. So you're saying it. I am weak and I need your strength. And God will do miraculous things in your life. The church doesn't see miracles. Church doesn't see people filled with the Holy Ghost. Church don't see salvation because the church never admits there's a weakness. 
They do it without God. He's knocking on church doors every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Saturday, whatever day he can get in, and they're not letting him in. We don't have a weakness here, God. We don't need you. We got this. And they're pushing people away. In our town, there's only 5,000 people in our whole town. And we figured it out. About 1,000 of them go to church. 4,000 out of 5,000 don't go to church at all. They don't go to church at all. Because when they went to a church, they were judged, they were ridiculed. How they looked, how they dressed, how they had tattoos and how they had earrings and how they had uh, their hair fixed and, and what they didn't have and all the types of skin color they were and everything else. And so they're like, if that's church, I don't want any part of it. I'm telling you, man, there's a world of that 4,000 in Comanche that is dying and they're screaming. I know there's more to this life, but they're just looking for a church to say, I know I've been there. I've been where you were. Come here and let God be your strength. Admit you have weakness. I've admitted it before. And He came in and He healed and He delivered. He can do it for you. But it's got to be a real church. they got to see the love of Christ in us. It's not about a legalistic, you got to look like this and act like this and talk like this I need to know Jesus and I need to love you no matter what you tell me what you look like what you're going through and only the Holy Ghost can do that in us but we've got to be real church we've got to be real with God we've got to be transparent and say God I need you hard thing in my life I told my, I've told my dad multiple times I'd rather deal with drug addicts, demon-possessed, than deal with any religious person. All the struggles we've had in our church have come from people that came from another church. Oh, let me tell you, you got to teach them they're not even saved before they can get saved. That's hard enough. And the reason is, is because of pride. You know, the thing is, is it's, it's subtle, church. It's a subtle thing. But the world that we live in today, they see it. It's not the world that I grew up in. It's not the world that Pastor Jonathan grew up in. Some of you that are older than us, it's not the world you grew up in. Everybody don't go to church on Sunday no more. I've got 75% of my youth group, their parents don't go to church at all. They come on their own on Wednesday night. Their parents are drug addicts. Their parents are in prison. Their parents are alcoholics, and they come on their own. It's not, them, it's not the parents dragging their kids by their ears and saying, go to class. Oh, i got to go to class now. No, it's not that. I talk about sex. I talk about pornography. I talk about drugs. I talk about alcohol. I talk about it all from 6th grade through 12th grade because you know the devil starts even earlier than that. It's almost like we can't talk about sex or lust or problems in this world. And I'm focused on that because it's something that I wasn't able to talk about when I was a teenager. I told my dad, I said, I felt like I was the only one, Dad. And I couldn't come to you and talk to you about it. My dad's the greatest man of God. He's my hero. I love him. But when you were growing up, when I was growing up, you just didn't talk about certain things and you just weren't real about certain things. But I'm telling you what, when I began to see God and know I could be real with Him, and I began to be real with God, He began to bring a healing in my life. And I told my mom and dad, and my, I'm telling you what, my mom and dad, 
And my brother, <clears throat> my sister, Brad and Lindsay, just amazing men and women of God. And I'm going to tell you something, man. There is a move of God right now in Comanche. It's exciting to see. We had one of the greatest services we've had ever last Sunday. People got free, people jumping and shouting. And it was incredible just seeing all of it. And then it hit the fan this week, you know, with some problems going on right now, you know, that we got to deal with when we get home and all types of things. But because the devil never gives up, never slows down. But I'm going to tell you something. When we begin to be real and transparent, just like your church is, when you're real like these men and women are and they, they go to you, they pray for you, they intercede for you, they love you, this needs to be the place that you run in the midst of your weakness. This has to be, this has to be the place for this entire community and this city to run to. The church ought to be in this end time the place when everything goes downhill in their life, they're like, I got to get to the church. I got to get to the church. Why? They're not going to judge me. They're not going to stone me. They're not going to throw me out. They're going to pray me through until I have victory. Why? Because they love me. Why? Because they've been there. Why? Because they admitted their weakness and God brought them victory. And now it is their strength. Did you know the weakest part of your life tonight, church? The hardest thing that you're struggling with right now, you could be a teacher on it in the future. It can be your strength. Why? The Bible says it can be your strength. But we have to admit, when I'm struggling, when I have an issue, God, I need you to come. If we'll do that, church, I promise you, you will get freedom like you've never had freedom. But when pride comes in, we'll never admit it. We'll never admit it, and we never get victory. We never get freedom. And we begin to hide and hide and hide. You know, the rich young ruler, we know about him. We know everything about how he was. Man, on the outside, he had all the things right. Everybody probably looked at him in his community, in his church, and said, man, that's a godly man right there. He is everything that we need to be until Jesus pointed out that one weakness, and then he walked away. He couldn't say out loud, no, I, I, can't, I got a problem with that. I can't do it. See, I can do all these other things, but I can't do that. And you never hear about him again. Not affected for the kingdom of God. Not effective at all. You see so many things like Judas, right? We know him. We know how it happened for him and everything he did three years walking with Jesus. Probably danced, shouted, did everything else that everybody else did, and then betrayed him. You know, it's interesting. A lot of times we think that, you know, Judas, that was it. You know, he, there was nothing. But Peter did the same thing, right? We know that. But Peter betrayed, and he could have looked like he was a fake too because he, he walked with Jesus just like Judas, and he betrayed Christ too. But he wasn't fake because he fell on his face and repented. And he cried out to God in his weakness and said, I'm weak, God. How could you use me now? How could you use me, God? And he said, get up, Peter, let's go. Get to that upper room. I'm going to show you how I'm going to use you. That was a different Peter after he came out of that upper room. But I'm telling you what, it was one of those things where Peter had a choice and Judas had a choice. The rich young ruler had a choice. They all had a choice to say when Jesus pointed out the weakness and the problem, they had a choice. What are they going to do? Church, we got to be that real church in this end time. We have to self-evaluate. We have to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13 on a daily basis and say, God, I need you. I need you in my life. There's no more games, no more fakeness. I want to be real with you. If you'll stand tonight, I know it wasn't a long message, but it, 
it's one of these things that I feel like it's important for us to pray tonight. I feel like it's important to us to be in this altar tonight. And the reason is because uh, a lot of times we feel like, and I, and I know this from experience, it's like almost I can't go to the altar. Uh, it's like almost when you go to the altar, it's like, oh, what's wrong with them? What's going on with them? Oh, I wonder what they did this week that made them cry. You don't need to be worried about that. You need to be worried about yourself. You know what I mean? We don't have, you start looking at, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When your mindset, when you're hearing a message preached and you're like, man, you see, you're looking around like, man, that, so-and-so should have been here tonight. They should have been listening to this pastor. I don't know, you know, what's going on. No, that's, you're an example of what I'm talking about. It's so much pride in your life. You can't see past, you know, the pride in your own self. You're looking at everybody else. Why? Because it's so much easier on, on, the, on the pride in us as religious folk to say, I would rather look at your problems than look at mine. I was talking to a brother, too. He said, you know what, Zach? I never dealt with my weaknesses because I always looked and found somebody that was weaker than me and said, I'm better than them. And they're used in ministry, so I got to be okay. No, that's not the measuring stick. You know, that's not how people get free. That's not how the church ought to be because we can turn real quick and be religious. We can turn real quick. I've seen it in people that just, <clears throat> unfortunately, won't deal and won't let God come in because of pride. And they end up turning against pastors. They turn against the church and they walk out mad and angry. Said the church don't love me and all kinds of things. And, and reality is it's a weakness that they never dealt with. But we have to come to a place as a church, a real church, that we deal with what's going on in our life. Every service, Every service, when you come into the house of God, when I go to the house of God, there should be an expectant heart that God's going to talk to me today. He's going to change me today. He's going to do a work in me. And if God can use me to bless somebody else, then praise God. But I'm going to church because I need to hear from God today. I'm going to church because I need a word from God today. This isn't something that you learn and you just teach and you do all these types of things. No, God, this is a relationship. I need you. God, show me if there's something in me, if there's any wicked way in me. Show me, God, that I could know you and take it from me. And if there's something that you've been battling with and you just can't get over it, it's time to confess it to your pastor talk to one of your pastors talk to a man or woman of God in your life filled with the Holy Ghost and say I need the accountability in my life I'm struggling I'm hurting and it doesn't matter when you come to the place where it doesn't matter about ministry doesn't matter about money don't matter about job what anybody thinks about me God I need to be free I need to know you you will be free you can be free And when we're that type of church, the world will be drawn to us. The world will come running into the house of God. It's already happened here in La Habra. You're, you're expanding your walls and you're growing. Why? Because there's real life here. Because there's real people here and pastors that love you that have come out of the mud walking through and saying, this is what God's done in me. He can do it for you. There's nothing you'll ever say that will shock them. They'll pray you through at an altar. And I'm telling you, when we are that church, the world will come running into this house. We have to self-evaluate because when we become the church where people run away from, that's when we got to say, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's going on here? Because the Holy Ghost is the one drawing all men unto Him. Right? And when He flows freely... And hey, I'm telling you what, man, people just come. I've been shocked in my own life 
to see what God has done in kids, in our group, in families, in our church that have come. Most of our church has not come from another church. Most of our church has come from the street or or some never been churched in their life. And that's so awesome. I love it. I love it, man. Because they come in with a heart and they're like, hey, you know what? Have you ever been around those people at church? And they'll say something and you're like, ooh, I don't think you're supposed to say that at church. You know what I mean? Like, You've been around those people out, you're having dinner, and they say it, and you're like, whoa, they're so raw, you know. I like those kind of people. You know why? Because they're not fake. It's the people that know all the nice, pretty little things to say around the pastor, and then they go out and say all that other junk when you're not around. They know how to hide it real well. And if you were raised in church, some of y'all know how to hide it real well too, right? There's no more hiding anymore. God already knows, and if we're going to have revival in our churches again, if young people that that are out in this world that are looking for something want something more, it's time for us to be real. It's time for us to call sin, sin. It's time for us to be delivered. It's time for us as the church first. The church first has to deal with its weakness so that he can be strong in our weakness so that we can bring that strength to this world. Amen. Bow your heads. God, I just praise you. I thank you so much for your word tonight. God, I want to be that. I want to be that church. I want to be that church, God. I need you, God. Please, tonight, every person in this house, if there's weakness there, you've been struggling, you've been battling, you've been dealing, there's there's problems, it's time to come. Let Him be strong in you. It's time to say it out loud to God, to yourself. God, I can't get over this. I need your help. God, lead me. He'll lead you to the person to talk to, and He'll give you the strength that you need. He will make you free, but it's time to stop looking at everybody else and start looking at what everybody else needs to do and what can God do in you tonight. Let's find a place at this altar tonight. If that's you, come be free in this place tonight. I know there's men and women of God that will pray for you, lay hands on you, but tonight is the night. Whatever it is in your life you need freedom from, come find your freedom. Admit that weakness, whatever it is. No matter, It don't matter what anybody's looking at. It don't matter what anybody thinks. Tonight is the night to be free. It don't matter what your title is, how long you've known God, how old or how young you are. You can be free tonight. Let's find us a place and let's pray at this altar tonight. If you need freedom, you need healing, come get healed tonight in Jesus' name.